0: in other words we are conscious in a way that stems from our sense of insufficiency that which we take ourselves to be the I feeling, the I sense, is fundamentally incomplete in its own perception. Its self-assessment says I am incomplete. It exists as an incompleteness. I says there is something amiss, there is something incomplete. So That's how we come into this world. That's how we feel that we have come into this world. And then that's how our life story unfolds. We look at the world. We do not just look at the world. We look at the world looking for something. Hmm? So the child is there and the child is curiously looking at this and that. Even the infant's random observation is not entirely purposeless. Even the infant's mind, the child's mind is probing its surroundings, its universe to get hold of something that can satisfy it. We know that, right? Doesn't a child want to be satisfied? And doesn't a child cry aloud when it is dissatisfied? We know all that. So now we grow up with this feeling of internal dissatisfaction, incompleteness and uh, the social processes that surround us that make us as we are growing up are unfortunately such that they only further and deepen our feeling, our sense of incompleteness It is deliberately or involuntarily fed into us, drilled into us, communicated to us at every step in life, education, relationships that there is something not right about us, incomplete about us and that which is missing in us can be supplied by the world so we were born with this feeling of incompleteness and we keep assimilating the idea that the incompleteness we suffer from can be cured by the world or via the world or using the world That idea keeps growing within us. That idea takes the shape of a personal truth within us. It is no more an idea now. It is a truth. We do not question it. We do not want to ask whether such a thing as gaining satisfaction from the world is actually real and possible. Hmm? So now look at the fellow who has reached the age of 6 or 8 or 10 or 12. He's already steeped in the idea, the notion that he is firstly incomplete, secondly the cure to his incompleteness lies in the world Hmm? so now he looks out at the world he says there must be somebody who has made it if I am incomplete and I am being told that my incompleteness can be healed by the world then surely there are other people incomplete who have managed to heal themselves using some some super, excellent, strange, extraordinary processes or efforts or knowledge. Hmm? So now you look around. You look around, you want to find out that one person or few persons who have made it. You are saying, well, I am all chaotic within. But there must be somebody completely sorted out there somewhere. No, your eyes are hunting for that person. Who is he? Who is he? Who is he? And that person has to exist because the concept of getting satisfaction through the world has become axiomatic in your mind. It is not an idea. Remember anymore. So the, the whole thing is saying it is possible to get rid of the inner feeling of incompleteness by doing something in the world hmm? and if it is possible then somebody must have done it it's commonsensical. if it is possible then somebody must have done it now how do you know that uh, somebody must have done it that's where media society they all kick in they point at a few special individuals and say these are the ones who have made it look at them they have everything they have money they have celebrity they have status they have all the pomp and the bling they have ratification from not only the crowds but probably even from history they have sanction from the state and the various institutions of society. So they are the ones who have made it. And now for you the story is complete. Hmm? The story has come to a neat closure. The truth that you were made to cultivate within has expressed itself externally, in a very tangible form, in the shape of that celebrity influencer. Are you getting it? What was the internal idea you were fed? The internal idea was, it is possible to gain satisfaction and meaning and purpose in life by attaining something in the world. That was the inner idea. And who incarnates or personifies that idea in front of your eyes, the celebrity. So now there is no room left for doubt. The internal story, which was already a truth, has now gained external validation in the form of a mortal. It's no more a story, obviously. That fellow is in front of you. Living, eating, walking, signing autographs, and you are compelled to bow down. You want to learn from, you want to know the secret. How did you make it, sir? That's how we get influenced. What we, however, do not know is the story on the celebrity side. We do not know that just as you are looking at him to seek guidance he is looking at you probably covertly to seek validation. His celebrity status is entirely dependent on you. His feeling of incompleteness is just as deep as yours. Incompleteness is dependency. He is totally identified with his celebrity. And his celebrity status depends on you. Who are you? You are the mass. You constitute the crowds. Are you getting it? So, that's the psychological basis of getting influenced, venerating influencers, and these things. Hmm? The mind going through this kind of a journey becomes a lump. Containing nothing but impressions. No originality at all. Every bit of the mind is stamped by some external force. Every atom in the consciousness bears the imprint of some alien influence. That's how we become. The result? There is nothing called individuality left. Obviously, we won't admit that. We would say, well, I do have individuality. I do have thoughts and opinions and feelings of my own. It's just that we are so deficient in self-awareness that we do not know that that which we are calling as our own thought or feeling is actually just an import. Maybe an involuntary import, maybe an unconscious import, but nevertheless an import. This is how the game proceeds. The creature, the baby that was born with this feeling of incompleteness, lives with that feeling, keeps magnifying that feeling manages to invent fake and ineffective solutions to that feeling at some stage probably convinces himself that he has gained internal sufficiency so does not need to have that feeling and ultimately dies with that feeling that's the story of humankind if you want to avoid this story firstly do you want to avoid this story? Hmm? I just casually went about saying, if you want to avoid this story. It's such a big if. Most people just do not want to avoid this story. They develop stakes in this story. They develop relationships within this story. So if you break out of this story, there is a lot that breaks down. We do not want that. But just in case, there is somebody who does not like this story, then instead of seeking solutions in the world to your perceived insufficiency, you must firstly figure out what that insufficiency is really about. What does it say? What does it want? Without understanding the disease, if you run around to fetch a solution, the probability is quite high that you will treat yourself wrongly, badly and get hurt. Hmm? Figure out what is it that you want. Figure out what is it that you have supplied yourself so far as a response to your want. Figure out whether your responses to your internal wants and cravings have been successful so far. And if they haven't been really successful, only you can answer that question, you see. Only you have to honestly admit the extent to which you have actually managed to heal yourself properly. And just in case you do admit that you haven't been really very successful with healing your inner incompleteness, then you need to ask why are you proceeding with the same kinds of treatments that have failed so far? Why are you looking at the world in exactly the same ways you you have been looking at it since a decade or two? Why are you knocking at the same doors that have yielded you only disappointment so far? So, you'll have to figure out what is it that you want and you'll have to figure out what is it that does not work in assuaging your want it's a process only for the courageous because this process proceeds via elimination you'll have to see what doesn't work for you and you'll have to drop it and then something a little extraordinary does happen if you can honestly or rather brutally keep dropping that which doesn't work that which is therefore unnecessary it does happen that something that you actually need comes your way hmm? It comes without you really asking for it. You cannot ask for it because you do not know the shape, size, contours and quality of it. All you know is what doesn't work. You really do not know what would work. Since you do not know, therefore you cannot ask for it. But without your asking, it does come to you. It does come to you. It comes to you unexpectedly. There is no precedent to it, no planning to it. In fact, when it comes, you may not even realize or recognize it at once. Hmm? Only later, sometimes much later, do you understand what you have been blessed with? That's grace. Mm. But for that blessing, that that benediction to come, you have to firstly strike out a lot of things. You'll have to internally bleed. These words would scare away only the faint-hearted and those who are not really committed to living a fulfilled life. Those who want fulfillment would know that if you can get to fulfillment at the cost of a bit of inner bloodshed then it's not a raw deal at all so proceed by looking at yourself and looking at what you have so far done to yourself And stay firm. All right. Hmm. Next question What is success for me, you, everybody? Is success highly personal or a common destination we all must reach? consider a vast desert and we all are lost in that desert firstly we are lost secondly our capacity to come out of the desert is quite handicapped. We are internally weak and we are carrying a lot of bondages. We do not know adequately the routes, the ways to navigate through the desert and to make things worse we are delusional. Sometimes we feel that we are not in the desert at all, we are already home. Hmm? That's our situation. This situation is the predicament of entire mankind. We are all lost, right? So that's where we begin from. You are asking about success. I must begin from the one to whom success must come. Because without knowing the condition of the one who must succeed, how do we define success at all? After all, success has to be in my personal context. Because I am the one who is right now suffering from a lack or absence of success. I am the one who is feeling defeated and down and low and insufficient. Right? So first of all, I must know what my situation is like, therefore I began my response by detailing your situation, my situation everybody's situation. Now in such a desert there happens to be one huge tower of light. Hmm? Almost like the one that we have at sea. Hmm? You know of those, right? The ones that are erected so that ships may use them for navigation. So in the desert such a thing is there. Now you are in that desert, dark famished, delusional and you are using the light from that tower to come to a place of illumination, Hmm? now see what is happening, first of all the path of each one of us will be personal, why? because our bondages are personal, because our weaknesses are personal, because our locations, our situations are personal. So, the path that each one of us would take is bound to be personal, correct? But the inspiration would not be personal. It's the same light that is guiding everybody. That same light is called the desire for liberation. The bondages are personal, desire for liberation is universal and the destination is again a common one. Therefore, success is both highly personal and highly universal, in terms of what you have to in liberation, becomes all of us. And the destination is also common and shared. At the point of light, at the point where your path meets the light tower, you find that you are free of all darkness. Not only are you free of all darkness, but also something strange comes to you. You are free of yourself. Why are you free of yourself? Because you were the darkness. Hmm? You were everything that you were fighting against. Therefore, when you beat, defeat everything you are fighting against, you have actually beaten and defeated yourself. You have gone beyond your enemy, you have demolished your enemy, you have gone beyond yourself, you have demolished yourself. So there is hardly any individuality left at the destination. Your individuality itself was your curse. Your individuality itself was what you were fighting against. Your entire urge for success, your entire urge for freedom was actually a cry against your individuality. You do not want to be yourself, you have never wanted to be yourself, every bit of your existence is crying out to be free from itself. Right? But that freedom from oneself has to be achieved by using oneself in the best possible way. Hmm? That is wisdom. Because you have no option. Right now, you are a bundle of bondages and you cannot wish your situation away. So you have to use whatever is at your disposal right now to be free from what surrounds you and fetters you right now. In other words you may need to use your chains to cut down your chains You may need to use your weaknesses to hack down your weaknesses. You will need to use yourself to go beyond yourself because you are all that you have. Even if what you are is diseased or insufficient or delusional, still you do not have an option. What else do you have with you? Right? So... Firstly, know what success is really about. Success word itself is meaningful only in the context of someone who is experiencing defeat. Are you getting it? If you are not living in the experience of defeat or setback or humiliation or sorrow or suffering, The very word success will not be meaningful to you. It will not even occur to you. If you are already successful, if you are already at the absolute, why would you even think of success? It's obvious, right? You think of success because there is something itching within you, biting within you, crying within you. So, you must know what is it that you must beat. You must know the right definition of success. You must know what is it within you that you need to conquer. That alone is the right definition of success for you. Do not borrow your definition of success from your neighbor. Success cannot be a social goal. Your success cannot be the same thing as your neighbors. I know this sounds like contradicting what we said in the first half of the answer, where we said that finally success for all is the same destination, provided the destination is one of illumination and liberation, right? What if your delusional neighbor has defined his success very wrongly? And you in your enthusiasm to copy him and beat him define your success equally wrongly as he did therefore be very original in these matters figure out who you are figure out what is it that you must have and then Having that is your success. Nothing else. The questioner is asking how to be a good entrepreneur. Entrepreneurship. Is about initiating something, right? Doing something, beginning something. Before you become a good entrepreneur, must you not ask what is worth doing? Or is entrepreneurship merely about Collecting profits rather than salaries, to many people that is the definition of entrepreneurship. One says, I was an employee, I used to have a limited salary, now I am an entrepreneur, I can collect much bigger profits. I was an employee, I used to be humiliated by my boss, now as an entrepreneur I can humiliate as many employees as I want to. I was an employee, I belonged to an industry that would use fear and greed to compel and defraud its customers. Now, as an entrepreneur, I'm making my employees do exactly the same thing probably even on a bigger scale. Right? Such entrepreneurship is just a continuation of what one has been since a very long time. One has been greedy, insecure, ambitious, fearful, accumulative, possessive, and all of that finds a big expression in the act of entrepreneurship. Hmm? One used to compete with his colleagues. Now one is competing with the other companies in his industry. One is an entrepreneur now. even before one was competing with his colleagues, one was competing with fellow students, one was competing with his brothers, sisters, cousins. The same tendency to be ambitious and jealous has now manifested itself On a bigger scale in the act of entrepreneurship. Nothing has really changed. There is no dimensional change in what you have been and therefore what you have been doing. It is just a change of degree. Earlier you were doing one thing in a small way, now you are doing the same thing in a big way. So what has really changed for you. Such entrepreneurship means very little. In fact such entrepreneurship is often heavily destructive. One can become an entrepreneur for example in the field of of, of killing animals Cutting animal flesh and supplying freshly cut flesh to people at their doorsteps. And this might be a successful business model. But this kind of an entrepreneurship is idiocy, perversion, profanity. Hmm? You have to figure out, first of all, what is worth doing. The world is suffering a lot at the hands of super-ambitious entrepreneurs already. Each of these firms that are today responsible for climate change, for loss of biodiversity,